Folks, this episode is with Joey. This is a super unique episode because he is an entrepreneur who is dealing with coronavirus. He talks about it, goes really in depth about a lot of his process, uh, just being an entrepreneur, getting into Bitcoin, just success, failures, all of it. Um, I think you'll really like him. He explains himself who he is in the first couple of minutes. So without further ado, lots of love and here's the show. All right, and I'm live. Do you want to take a minute and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Joey Yaroszewski, and I'm the co-founder of a food company called Soar Foods down in Cottage Grove, cool. and I'm also a full-time substitute teacher with right. Harrison Elementary School in Cottage Grove. I liked it. So I looked up uh, Soar just a little bit, and so it's kind of like a protein shake recovery oh. something? Or so we get, are really yeah. bad at PR, but we're also really bad at sticking to one thing. Okay. Yeah. Soar started out as a protein shake. It was a protein shake made with hazelnut milk. Mm. And when we got started, the whole idea was let's get involved in organic food. Let's get involved in local food and we'll find an opportunity to survive. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to work on local organic food. Beautiful. So protein shakes seemed like the obvious choice. We were in college. Let's go work out more. And yeah. then we started a business and learned you can't work out when you're working so hard. You yeah. know, your body wastes away. My business partner has always taken good care of himself. I worked myself to death. Mm. Uh, today, Sore Foods does not make protein shakes. We make hazelnut milk. We make collard green wraps. We make sushi rolls. And we're getting ready to launch sauerkraut, uh, hazelnut butter, and deli pickles. I like it. Is this just like, like locals in Eugene, Oregon? Because like maybe like 5% of people listening are in Eugene right now. Can people outside Eugene get this stuff? Yeah, we got started in Eugene. Yeah. We now sell in Washington, Cool. in Seattle, Olympia, Tacoma, on various islands out on the coast. We also sell in Portland, Ashland, Medford. Nice. Your success success story of rain. Did you go through rain? Mm -hmm. The place where we're recording at right now? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So you go through the accelerator or what happened when you... Uh, I was in the Oregon MBA program. I was at the University of Oregon. Getting your master's in MBA? Oh, yeah. wow. Cool. Uh -huh. uh, studied sustainable business practices. Nice. How do you change the world through business? We thought we could change the world. It turns <laughs> out we just ended up in Cottage Grove and yeah. loved it. Yeah. You know, we just ended up in this little tiny town. Um, and so at today you could find you could you could call us up and you could say hey i really appreciate what you all are doing i want to buy some of your fresh food and we'll like pack it up and we'll put ice in it and we'll send it out with a box and a nice thank you card but you really have to be in oregon to experience sore foods right now yeah i like it. and that's h-o or s-o-h-r for people who are just like sore like s-o-a-r s-o-r-e s-o-h-r the new third one i mm -hmm. like it and so i mean What's it like having a small business right now? Let's, let's make it a time uh, imperative. Like we're on March, April 29th right now. Uh -huh, uh -huh. What's it like having a small business in the midst of coronavirus lockdown? Today is April 29th. Coronavirus has destroyed us. Really? We're down 90%. However, I don't know. You could go down the path of saying, you know, it's so hard to have a small business. Yeah. You know, it's so hard to have a small business. There's 
two things that I take away from entrepreneurship. And one is this idea that you're serving, you're providing work, you're creating a workforce, you're becoming a part of people's lives, whether they're your customers or they're your employees. So for Corona, for me, it's less about business success and more about continuity. If we can keep operations through Corona, then we'll be able to like serve our community and we'll certainly survive, but we'll keep that continuity, yeah. that same relationship. And business has to be a relationship. Well, you're down 90% right now. Oh, yeah. So you're just it's in awful. survival mode. Yeah, say goodnight, goodbye. That's crazy. Yes. And I mean, I assume a lot of your suppliers, they're also not doing well and your customers, no one's probably in the whole, whole line of of. Uh, literally just farming it to the customers. No one there is probably doing well enough to help each other. Oh, uh, we've had to change our game. We've had to go from buying within a week or two weeks to buying up to two months worth of supplies at once. We've had to go from making, say, two weeks of goods to just trying to plan out two months in advance. So it's, it's made us sharper, to be honest, yeah. assuming we survive. Yeah. yeah but I mean, did you get the, what was it, EIDL, small business loan? We applied. You applied, but you, you need to have employees for that. And then even then, a lot of people, most people didn't get it, right? Oh, that was, that's, that's a whole conversation. Yeah? Tiger, that's a whole conversation. I'm curious about it, because I'm like, I know a lot of people who have applied for it, and I haven't heard a single one who got it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? The good news, the great news is that I got a text message the other day saying, we're approved. Money's coming in 10 days. Cool. The adversity, the struggle to get there is the point where you take a good look at the relationships that you've built and you take a look at why you're doing this and you look at all the ethical issues around it Mm -hmm. and you have to really suck in your gut and make good decisions. We went out for the PPP loan, Paycheck Protection Program loan. Because we thought, hey, it's in the bag. Yeah. You know, the government is coming to save us. You know, they shut down the, the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept us as essential workers. You know, yeah. we're serving grocery stores, yeah. right? Uh, and then we applied. We said, you know, sales are down 10 20%, but we're going to make it. We need this to survive. And the bank came back and said, actually, we funded $50 million, and you were not funded. We couldn't serve you. And I'm like... You had you had, you you doled out fifty million dollars and you couldn't find space for twenty grand yeah. in there for us. That's crazy. And of course, the supply will not meet demand. Like there's a billion small businesses, not mm-hmm. a billion, yeah. you know, tens of millions of small businesses. They all need help. Wait, that t- fifty million wasn't just in Oregon or anything. That fifty million was in Eugene. Just in Eugene. Just Eugene. You think there's a hundred that way? How many? What, what number of small businesses did you say here? I, I, I couldn't quote to you how many small businesses oh. there are in Eugene, yeah. in Oregon. But just in Eugene, yeah. maybe 20,000, 40,000. I don't know what that's, that's divided good, by 50 million. Number. I have no idea. It seems like there's a ton of. It depends on what you like. I mean, like, is this a, a startup or is this a small business or like, do you need to have an employee for it to be a small business? You need, I mean, what is a small business? Exactly. What is a small business? How do you define it? We were eligible. Cool. We fit the bill. We wrote in the application, and we, for a variety of reasons, were not successful. And went from this point of being, you know, we're going to survive, we're going to make it, to being, oh, wait, we are small enough to fail. You know? Yeah. We, were, we, we were designated small enough to fail. Wow. We, you could say, okay, we make 
a thousand units of one product per week, and every unit finds a home. So you could say, oh, you're only making a thousand units. You know, mm. you're nothing. But we feed a thousand people. You know, that's a thousand people. That's a thousand niche consumers, people that care about organic, people that care about local, people that care about vegan, mm -hmm. are looking to support their local economy. And, and those people we can't serve anymore. So who are you going to default to and who are you going to support? Yeah. And, but long story short, uh, we didn't get it. But the IDL did come in. But, I mean, how, how long has it been since your, your revenue has been cut that much? And then it comes in 10 days? It's been two months. Yeah, it's two months. Like, how is it taking that long? I just got my Corona box, my Trump box, or whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, I mean, if I was in a situation where it was like, I was literally like, I was going to die if I didn't get that 1200 it's like, it came late. I didn't really know when it was coming. It was just so lackadaisical. I'm like, are you kidding with it? Yeah. It was... It's been so apparent that the U.S. is not like this crazy, nice first world country. We are kind of in the shitter. And you're telling me that Shake Shack is a small business. Yeah, get that a little bit closer to you. Potbelly is a small business. And I think there's a case to be made that the L.A. Lakers are more important than my business. But do they qualify for this small business help program? I would argue no. They got, wait, they got money from it? The LA Lakers got money from uh, the CARES PPP Act. Wow. They gave it back. Okay, well, that's nice. Yeah, they gave it back. Yeah, see, yeah. it's nice in situations like that. I know, I saw pro athletes were tweeting out, they're like, I'm, gonna, I'm not like, financially going to recover from this, like a whole missed season. And I understand that perspective. Like, if you trained your whole life, or imagine if you were a senior in college football player, yeah. like, that's your shot to make it into, you know, the pros and you, you just lost that. Or if you train for four years, and like this is the one year you're gonna be an athlete in the Olympics, like I think a lot of people are getting absolutely fucked over. Yeah. But if you're a pro athlete and you get, you know, let's say $2 million a year for 10 years and you miss one year, how do you budget that poorly that $2 million can't, you know, tide you over for two years? Like as yeah. soon as you lose your contract, you're just gonna die broke. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Well, I I could illustrate a personal story about that, you know, yeah. living the startup life, doing the entrepreneurial thing. Uh, when Soar first got started, Bitcoin happened. Yeah. Bitcoin blew up. And I remember running around Eugene, making protein shakes by hand, squeezing hazelnuts, organic hazelnuts by hand through a sieve. You know, lifting up 30 gallons of hazelnuts above my head and making protein shakes, taking them out to the shop, taking them out to the farmer's market. My business partner, Andrew X, setting up, you know, sponsorships with NCAA track stars. And it was cool. It was fun, but it wasn't making money, mm -hmm. you know. And all of a sudden, I got a big payday because... While I was in school, I went, I went up to Chicago. I worked in Chicago. I was in touch with a bunch of programmers, and they said, take a look at Bitcoin. And I said, well, I'm 26. I'm 29 now. I'm 26. I think I could make a speculative move. And I said, let's put money in a Bitcoin. By the time we got to June 2017, it blew up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I had a positive net worth, oh, wow. you know, after, after uh, student loans. And I was like, what? Yeah. This is awesome. So I, I cashed out of Bitcoin. Nice and learned a very hard lesson about trading and investment. Wait, would you sell it at? Uh, that must have been like three or five grand if it was in June of 2017. Oh, I, uh, the, I, I turned a grand into 62 grand wow. for a second there. For That's a second great. there. Yeah. Congrats S on that, man. <laughs> sold at the top, bought back in at the top, oh. lost money going down, had to live off of this money 
you know, I got the biggest payday of my life, had to live off of this money mm -hmm. for the next two and a half years Oof. of making no money. Yeah. And so by the time I got to September of this year, I was dead broke. Wow. Dead broke. There was a couple nights that I was sleeping here at rain. Wow. You know, so, uh, so yeah, I could totally see how, oh, yeah. you know, an NBA yeah. uh, point guard, mm -hmm. you know, top draft pick. Yep would have this amazing payday mm -hmm. and just start spending money. It'll be there next year. Living this life there. You have all these things that you can pay for. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the money dries up. Yeah. You know, Give because, me, help me, help me. I want to see your, your mindset in these sorts of situations. Yeah. You turn one grand into 62 grand. I, I, so I've traded stocks and stuff too. And I've, you know, have fun speculating and losing money usually when I speculate. And you think you make money and you're like, well, if I made that much, I can definitely make more. Like you all, you always think, I don't know. There's never, I just always hindsight 2020. Anytime I ever do money in stocks, I always just have regret. I'm like, oh, I could have waited until uh, December of 2018 when it was up to 10 grand per Bitcoin or, you know, whatever. There's always like the regret of either not holding it too long or holding it too long or buying it wrong. I mean, yeah, in early or no, in mid-March, I bought puts on the S&P 500. Oh, really? No. And then it, can, it, it went ahead and the next two weeks were the best two weeks since 1930. Yeah. And I'm like, how? How did that possibly fail? It was just, it was a moment, I'm like, it was a couple hundred dollars, so it's not like the end of the world. But that sucks, that's a lot for you. Yeah, well. You know, it's a lot for anyone, to be honest. Yes, it is. It's a lot for but my business. More know? than that, it's just like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't like, oh, how can this fail? But I'm like, if you were to ask anyone in the world, hey, do you think the stock market's gonna go up? 30% the next two weeks or down five or 10% the next two weeks. I mean, who on earth would have bet the stock market would go up 30% when there's almost 30 million people unemployment and only like 5% of them are getting their unemployment checks and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh yeah, shit's going to go down the, the drain. Did not. So I was like, whoa. So I mean, obviously I have some regret, but at moments like that, you just got to almost laugh at yourself and be like, I'm just the dumbest motherfucker sometimes, you know? <laughs> um, so after you cashed out of Bitcoin at 62 grand, what was your mindset of like, like, like getting back in. Oh, my, I, so there's a lot of aphorisms, right? There's a lot of sayings. And when you, when you say, you know, how do you feel about investment or, or how do you feel about taking a big loss? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about being in the right place at the right time? And you kind of have to be, what, what I've learned is you have to be emotionless mm -hmm. about investment. You kind of have to be emotionless about money. Yeah. Um, you can put yourself. You can't put your personality into business. You can make a passionate decision in a business mind. But when it comes to trading, when it comes to investing, you have to be able to be emotionless yeah. because it has to be a hair trigger response. You know, you have an idea. I'm going to invest in uh, an X ticker, you know, X, X ticker. And it's going to either make 10% or it's going to lose 10%. And I need to be ready to pull out at a loss. Whatever that loss is, I'm out. I'm done. It was no thing because I wasn't any more right than the next guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't actually know that XX stock was going to go up or go down. Yeah. I just had a really great informed hunch. Did you actually buy XX stock like the, the tobacco? Oh, no. I just I oh, threw okay. that ticker Never mind. That was no, a Wall Street no. bet stock that yeah. a bunch of people have bought for a while. Um, Never mind. I was okay. like, wait, it's, really? It's okay. It's okay. You jumped on that train? I bought Smith & Wesson once, and that was a great oh, time. Oh, nice. Right after a school shooting or something? No, 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 <laughs> no. no. Just, just because the revenue was strong. Oh, okay. Because that's yeah. like a really common thing that like, 
almost like a well-known thing. Like after a mass shooting happens or a panic happens, and that's messed buy gun up. stock. Is it that's though? messed up? Someone's gonna buy it. Someone's gonna make money. I, mean, I haven't done it. People buy into smart Boeing. Enough. You know, when the coronavirus strikes, <sighs> people bought into Boeing. They stopped making planes, and the stock went up ten percent. Like, that, come on, come on. Any of it. oh my god, what was that craziest thing? The Zoom stock. But it wasn't even Zoom. Uh, have you heard about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. people were buying the, the, the ticker Z-O-O-M, which oh. is a completely not even company related to ZM, which is the video Zoom service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the stock almost tripled. That's or like hilarious. It went up 200%, whereas Zoom, the video service, went up like 10%. And then oh. they had to halt trading on the other one because everyone thought it was the other one. Yeah. And some people are in the right place at the right time. Other yeah. people exploit opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the idea that I would just try to impart would be, um, be emotionless. If you're going be to emotionless. Lose, if you're going to lose money, <laughs> yeah. lose the money and walk away. If you're going yep. to make the money, don't be greedy. Yeah, you know. And would, so that was where I was with Bitcoin. Would you speculate again, or would you buy Bitcoin again? Yes, I would. You would. Yes, I would. So what happened? You made the sixty-two grand, and then what was the ride down like? Like, how, did you just put a little oh. bit of it back in? No, I. So I. <sighs> It's, it feels so terrible. Uh, I, if it's I, too personal, you don't have to no, say. No, it's not. Okay. I, I, I bought back in and wrote it down multiple points. You know, I, I wrote it all the way down. Uh, it was awful. It was awful. Made, made other investments within the same category of cryptocurrency while it was going down and believing all of this hype and false news. Just like Ethereum or whatever. Yeah. yeah Ripple. But they all just follow Bitcoin. They're all yeah. very similar. I know. If you go to any of those subreddits, they're like, oh, it's, now's the time. In one week, this person just said something good about it. It's always just mm-hmm. about to happen mm-hmm. with those cryptos. Yeah. So I will, I will disclose I now have a new final position in Bitcoin because I'm back on my feet. Okay, nice. Uh, after, after doing my own business for three years, um, after going to the limit, uh, I'm back on my feet. Congrats. And so I'm even back on my feet with some savings to nice. be able to put in the market. Did you have a like a partner in life, like a girlfriend, um, when you were living at Rain or any of that? Yeah, you did. I did. That must have been brutal to explain her. Like, just give me a, like a month or a year, or however long, to get back on my feet. You know? Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend was living in China at the time. She was teaching English overseas, and I, she helped. She helped me get through it. Nice. A lot of things helped me get through that time. You know, I was I was living nights at Rain. Uh, I was living nights at my production kitchen. Mm. Um, and that, that's really the other idea that I would bring out about small business ownership. It's like, how do you express full solidarity with your workers and your community? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even while everything is going to shit, you yeah. know, while everything is going down the tubes. And then the other bit is the idea of entrepreneurship as the transcendental experience. Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. as an extension of the American transcendental experience. You can start a business. You can go into business and have your mind changed. Have yeah. your mind enlightened you know, truly become a different person mm-hmm. through entrepreneurship for good or bad. Yeah. At any point in this whole, you know, process, did you just want to quit and just go get a regular job? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. I assume you like that. But like, did you ever want, just want to go get a full-time job somewhere else? Yeah. When we first got started, I remember my heart racing because I was in the last year of my grad school experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you're going to school for is business. Yeah. <laughs> and, but everyone, when you go to an MBA program or you go to any graduate, postgraduate experience, like the whole goal is to bring, bring honor to the school and then to like find some type of prosperity afterwards. Get yourself to the place you want to be. Mm. And everyone else is going off to find jobs at Microsoft and mm. going off to find jobs with, you know, um, Bank of Oregon, Oregon Pacific Bank, mm-hmm. Wells Fargo. And then I'm, you know, working on SOAR, 
Yeah. I go in front of all these really great people, really smart business minds, you know, in class. And I say, we're going to make protein shakes. And they just look at me, Ugh. you know, and my heart's racing in the morning because it's like, oh, wait, you know, what, what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, is this the experience? Is this the experience you want to have, mm-hmm. Joey? And it was, it really was. I remember coming to Oregon in 2016. I remember writing down to myself, I want to own my own restaurant. Oh, cool. I want to own my own business by the time I'm 30. So it was the spirit I wanted to have. I remember saying, I remember saying at 14, uh, you know what? The world is going to go crazy. You know, I'm watching too much 28 Days Later and, oh, you know, brutal, I Am Legend. Yeah. And, you know, the time to be in a band and travel across the country playing music is going to come to a halt. And so Wait, you were in a band up until then? I was. Uh, I played punk rock music and ska music until I was oh, 22. Cool. What, what, what uh, instrument? Or I was the lead singer. Nice, rocking man. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, That's, I could not imagine. It. I guess the tattoos make more sense now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. And so you just gave that up. I. I it wasn't going anywhere. Mm. It wasn't. Music it, tends to not. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people. We we. I, I had a, a band when I was 14 mm. uh, called the Braskies. We played ska music, and we like had a local following. We went to Denver and played in front of 400 people. Oh, like we had this a 14 whole year thing. old. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I was. I was. The, the Braskies lasted till I was 19. Okay. That's so still 14 nuts to 19. For to be that young and make that happen. Congrats, mm-hmm. man. Thank Five you. years with a band that you met like when you were that age. That like because you go through so many changes of like moving and different partners and just like. I'm surprised you kept a band together for five years. Those time periods. Yeah, I'm a very, I'm a very driven and dedicated person, but also, you know, I'm a very selfish person. Because if you look Who back, isn't? I've only ever done my own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've only ever done my. Let's start a band. Let's get a people together. Let's start another band. You know, let's go yeah. do another band. Let's go. Let's, let's go start a business. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So uh, it says you're the CEO of your company, but are you also like the founder? You just don't use the the classical founder terminology that everyone yeah, uses? Yeah, uh, people do co-founder and CEO, president and CEO, founder, founder, founder this. Mm-hmm. I'm part of a founder group where oh, everyone's cool. founders. Are we you all uh, the startup community? I'm in the startup community. You are? Yeah. Nice. I like it. I had uh, Katie Brown on. Yeah, and she's Katie part Brown's of that great. Community. Do you like this? So what is that community, just for people who don't know? Mm-hmm. Starvups is a founders-led and founders-only community. Uh, in Oregon, started by a group of company founders who went to go seek venture capital, and they all pitched, and um, one person, one group, got the money, the venture money. They all went out to the parking lot, and they were like, oh, what are we going to do? And they said, you know, if we band together, if we stick together, we're going to have a higher likelihood of success than if we all go our own way. Mm -hmm. The guy that got the money, the, the company that got venture funding, they said, oh, we can do this. We can handle it on our own. They failed. Mm, wow. The group of individuals of separate companies who all just met together once a month to just talk it out and see if they could share resources, they all survived and made it to the end nice. and exited their company. That's cool. I yeah. mean, is that your goal? Do you want to exit your company? Oh, you uh, do? That's ever, th- is that everyone's it's, goal? It's a, it's, a, it's a necessary fact really? that you'll have to exit your company. You know, in the long run, unless uh, you become Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. you know, talks with Tiger will have its time. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, the the person that starts in and out burger, you know, and hands it down to their, you know, 
niece or nephew or their son or daughter, yeah. they eventually have to exit. Mm-hmm. There's different types of exits. Yeah. The exit I thought that I was going to have when I got started, it was really naive. It was like, we're going to make $10 billion no, selling you protein shakes. So oh, I, I had a spreadsheet. It said, we're going we're gonna to do $16 million in our first year. Give me some money, you know? No, yeah. that's not realistic. Oh, that's so funny. And so with that same theme of entrepreneurship as a transcendental experience, entrepreneurship as a way to serve the community. You say transcendental experience. I've only heard that word in relation to TM meditation. Mm. What's transcend- transcendental? To, for me. Yeah, we're just in that context yeah, at all. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a literary movement. It was, it was fundamentally Protestant in a certain sense, but it was also deist in a certain sense of um, Emily Dickinson, Henry David Thoreau, Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, all of these classic American authors um, basically saying that you can go beyond yourself. Mm. Uh, you can, under the influence of your own mind and your own work, be able to uh, become a new person, you know, uh, so to speak. A lot, a lot of East meets West. You know, a lot of these people were divi- divinity school. You know, we're going to be preachers. We're going to start our own, you know, Western Christian church. But also, we've been studying uh, the Brahmin. We've been studying uh, the Buddha, and we've been studying the Vedas. And when you think about uh, transcendentalism, for me, it really converges on Henry David Thoreau and Walden. Okay. And I'm going to reject society. Yeah. Uh, I've got certain bones to pick with society. And, you know, I can do it on my own. I'm going to go to this pond. I'm going to survive on myself. I'm going to strip bare life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suck all the marrow out of life. I'm going to go as far into life and drive life into a corner and be able to see everything that is life and I can wash from my eyes everything that is not life. And if you think about the entrepreneurial experience, people commonly call it jumping off a cliff. You know, I've stepped off of a cliff. I've stepped off a financial cliff. Uh, I've stepped off of an employment cliff. You can't get employed, you ask me. You know, did you always think that you were gonna need to get another job or something? Like, I, from the start, you know, I knew I was going to have to get outside employment. Uh, but also, once you put that name entrepreneur, once you put co-founder, once you put CEO, yeah. and then you go apply at, yeah. you know, the, the Jerry's Home Center, mm-hmm. they're not going to hire you. No. You know, it's a mismatch. You're overqualified. Yeah. You know, why am I going to hire a CEO to go do accounting work? Yeah. You know, so you, you, when you go into business, you really have to, you're, you're making an intentional choice for well, yourself. Are you lying to leave that stuff off your resume? Like, I just wouldn't put it on my resume if I was applying. Oh, I've, I've, for a long time there, mm-hmm. I was very proud. You know, I'm not going mm-hmm. to, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't an honesty thing for me. It was a pride thing for me. Okay. You know, I'm a, I'm a CEO, but I'm going to apply for an office manager position. You know, you need an office manager. I can I obviously manage my office. You have an MBA. You know, when actually the opposite is the case. Can you actually manage your office? Because you can't manage your own office, apparently, oh, wow. you know. Yeah. Uh, and so brutal. M- my only income for about two years was working at Cafe Mom Coffee Roasters. Oh. And we would unload the truck. So I was a teamster. I'd unload the mm-hmm. truck of coffee and stack it really high off the forklift. Wow. Yeah. And so I get to, it's funny, I get to this year. I get a dog, you know, I have a little Rottweiler, 
nice. named Andre. And my girlfriend, Katie, says, you can't take care of, you can't take care of yourself. Yeah. You know? And I said, well, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a change. You know, yeah. I'm going to make a change. And all of a sudden I realized, wait a second, Joey, you've got a bachelor's. <laughs> you've got a bachelor's in education. Yeah. You know, just go teach. And so I, I looked at it seriously and I was like, oh, wait. I can't teach. I can substitute teach. Substitute you don't need a, ma- a master's in education to teach? Not in America. Oh, cool. In Europe, in Asia, mm-hmm. commonly you need a master's to yeah. be able to teach at the high school and elementary level, not in Oregon, cool. not in the United States. And so I have a bachelor's in kinesiology. I would have to go get a master's in teaching, though, right? Uh, it just depends on what you want to do. Cool. Like if you wanted to teach high school students yeah. kinesthesiology, yeah. you could just start out as a substitute teacher. As long as you've got a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. if you've got a bachelor's degree, you can be an officer in the military and you can be a substitute teacher. What? Just so you know. Wait, what does an officer in the military do? Do you know stuff about the military? I tried to join the military. You tried to? Wait, they it didn't wasn't let for you? me. It wasn't for me. Wait, what is try to join the military? I thought I, they just take anyone who even signs no, their name. No, well, I tried to join the the coast guard mm. and it turns out that i was isn't that the hard one of the harder ones to get into yeah though? it's a law enforcement uh agency and i mm-hmm. said and there's a little box that says uh have you ever taken any you know narcotics any drugs and i said well i did smoke weed you know a few times and yeah. then they said well how many times i said like 50 ish i said you know lowball it i said 50 ish they said you can't smoke weed 50 times and join the coast guard brutal you know so and that was that. Well, then I went to the Air Force and I said, hey, Air Force, uh, I'd like to join the Air Force. As, a, as an officer. You're going into an officer yeah, for anything. As least. an yeah. officer. Yeah. Well, no, uh, I, I did not want to enlist as an officer. And uh, I don't know, this is kind of a theme in my life. I wanted to work my way up. I hate that mindset. You know, I, 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 I need to experience um, being a worker. I need to experience, you know, what it's like to be boots on the ground. Um, and so uh, I went to the Air Force and I said, hey, uh, can I join the Air Force? Uh, and they said, yeah, we'd love to have you. And oh, cool. I said, you smoke well, weed? Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah. I, sm- I smoke <laughs> weed. Uh, and oh, they said, yeah. those, just those lie on that part. <laughs> oh, that's so and I was like, those squares of the Coast Guard, they don't let you yeah, in. Yeah, they don't we let will. me in. And you see, the, the Coast Guard's telling I mean, the Air Force is telling me to lie. And that was when I was like, this is too much. This yeah. is weird. You know, you can't, I couldn't be myself. Mm. The O and so, the S and SOAR is solidarity, the O and SOAR is originality. Okay. Anyone that comes to work for us, I just want to always encourage them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be a place where you want to be yourself. That's such a funny thing because, like, I'm I'm more and more just starting to think that there isn't like a deep yourself deep in there. Like when everyone's like, "Oh, you need to be true to yourself." Like, I mean, I just don't think there is like a deep true to people's selves mm-hmm. deep in there. I think everyone's just an amalgamation of so many things that it's super. Like, what <sighs> is the self? Who yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm just really starting to be like, I don't know. I don't know if there is one in there for like, I just think it's so cliche when people are like, well, it's not true to my, I'm not being true to myself in yeah. this situation. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, it's so contextual based of like different scenarios, but I just don't get it as in like, okay, it's not beneficial to you right now. Or like, like, it's just not your goal. Like, it's not like helping you get to your goal or like, what do you mean by not being yourself? Well, I mean, I would have to, I'd have to put out the idea, the ancient idea of knowing yourself yeah you know know yourself know yourself and you will not fall for any deception know yourself and you'll be able to know where you're going know yourself but i think your i mean your your point is is true it's like what is myself who am i am i am i really someone who wouldn't be okay lying on a military thing i'd be happy to lie to the air force fuck them so what is the self so what's the yourself that you wouldn't be okay lying about how many times you smoked weed to the u.s 
Yeah. Air Force. Uh, like, I for think, me, uh, that's fine. For, for I mean, there's an economic argument to that. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to join the Air Force to get my student loans forgiven. I'm going to go join the Air Force to have, you know, a, a guaranteed stipend, you know, yeah. a guaranteed pension, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that integrity to the self, yeah. you know, to not to not have if if we've got any freedom or any luxury in America, it's got to be the ability to live a life of fr- of free conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can have, you know, freedom of sexuality, freedom of religion, freedom of uh, economic progress, whatever you want, whatever freedom, you've got to be able to be free to be yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, and and to be able to live by your own code and your own creed, mm-hmm. it's got it's got to be. But also, that takes so much self awareness and development. You've got to be able to understand who you are and your own motivations. Yeah. I get it. I can respect that you're someone who wouldn't want to lie to the U.S. military. Yeah. Um, where were you in life when you were going to join the military? Were you at a low, where you're like mm. a last resort kind of thing, or just like, I just need some sort of structure in my life, seeing that you got a dog, and that was kind of what you got the dog for? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I moved to Oregon at 25. I get my graduate degree at 27. Um, I'm currently talking to you at 29. At 22, I had just graduated from Northern Arizona University with a degree in English education. And I said, you know what? I'm not ready to teach. Um, I had just gotten done doing some student teaching. I was a senior in college. They were seniors in high school. And I honestly didn't feel like I had anything to offer. I didn't know. I knew a few facts about, you know, grammar. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't feel comfortable with the idea of being able to say, you know, teaching I can, someone four years younger than you. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, and um, so I went on a, a Euro trip oh, and cool. I went from Poland to us uh, to Ireland nice. and I came back and said, you know what? I really want to have some type of deep experience. And one of them, one path was I could join the military you know, that's kind of an easy out. It is. If you grow up, I grew up in Arizona. It's an easy out. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to join the military, mm-hmm. you know, and then. But it's a valid one. It's a valid it's, one. Oh, yeah. that, that's why I was asking. I was wondering, like, were you at the place where you just needed to find, like, take the easy out? Mm-hmm. I mean, military is a great place if you want to be told what to do yeah. and where to do it, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. You yeah. Know? So thank you, mm-hmm. veterans. Uh, and, and you know what? I could be in a different place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, had, if you're willing to lie to If the, I was willing to lie to the government, Air Force. you know, yeah. but uh, I, I think the, the other theme that went that I went down was uh, owning a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, from a very young age. I wanted to, um, you know, own the spot, have the joint, be the place where the community congregated. I always had really amazing experiences around food when I was a kid. Um, we had we went to really amazing restaurants as a whole family when I was a kid. And I always thought it would be really great to, to have the Irish bar. You know, I'm not Irish, but the concept of the Irish bar, the local pub. An Irish bar? Of all things, I would not have expected. I yeah. guess you were a Scott band guy. Scott that makes band. Sense. Okay, yeah. it's kind of coming yeah. together. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. Favorite Sounds band is the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, nice. I like yeah. it. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I am curious. What is your ethnicity? Or Yeah, I'm Filipino and Polish. Filipino and Polish. Mm-hmm. That's a mix. Yeah. I like it. Um, just because I'm like, you know what? Like you could you could vaguely be pegged for Asian. I was curious if you've noticed any, uh, what, what do they call it? Violence against uh, like people who are moderately from that part of the world yeah. due to coronavirus. Have you experienced any of that? Because mm-hmm. I looked into it. I'm like, is this a big thing? I'm it's not been sure. happening. Yeah. To you personally? Not to me. Uh, at at SOAR, we, at the beginning of Corona, I reached out to all of our employees. You know, how are you feeling? What are your symptoms? How do you feel about your family and extended network? Do you need to self-quarantine? If you do, we can arrange that. 
you know, we can make sure that that is not going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, and one person came back. She's a, uh, she's a new immigrant to the country. She's, she's Filipino. And she said, COVID-19 doesn't scare me. People's reactions to it mm-hmm. scare me. Uh, coronavirus comes from China. There's been so much racism against other Asian people for not only, um, you know, historic reasons to be racist against Asian people, but uh, specifically for diseases. You know, people calling it the Chinese virus. Uh, people looking at Asian people on a subway and striking them in the face. I had a cousin who was struck in the, in the eye on the red line in Chicago. Like this year? Like this year, like during Corona. She's a nurse. Uh. And uh, she was full scrubs. And she got punched in the eye by some, some dude who... She, she was on the subway and um, she ended up coughing into her elbow. Mm-hmm. And the man in front of her turned around and socked her in the eye. Um, full scrubs, you know. She's 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 a uh, she's a nurse in, in a in a cancer uh, department. Mm. Really sad. I'm not saying that that was racism. Yeah. You know, uh, I will say that she has Filipino heritage mm. and, like me, you know, looks visibly Asian. Yeah. You know, but um, I couldn't make it out with you. I'm like, is he like he yeah. like seems like there might be something in there, but then you're half part Polish too. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. interesting. On my father's side, I'm fourth generation American. On my mother's side, I'm first generation American. Okay, I like it. And from, so you're 50% Filipino. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone back there? Because that's, like, that's like one place where it's like, that seems cool to go to. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to family back there. Nice. They're on, their lockdown is much more strict than ours. Really? I yeah. wonder if they have all the conspiracy theories about like the government control and stuff that we yeah. do here. Are they like, no, it's just locked down for a while? Oh, uh, no, it's, they've got, a, the Philippines are plagued by dictatorship. Mm. And so the, the so current, their conspiracy would be even more true than ours. Yeah. Like well, really their their true. conspiracy is more like, oh, we've got a great reason to put you on home arrest. Uh, yeah. Stay home. Don't leave the house. If you're over a certain age, don't leave the house. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah, I think everyone everyone under forty five or fifty five should just completely go back to work, and then everyone over that age. I mean, I don't know. It's it's more and more like seeming like it like they hit the peak and now. I don't hear anything about it. Walking here, obviously, I was wearing a mask. I didn't see anyone else wearing a mask. mask. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I've just been reasoning the same one, so it probably doesn't even help at this point. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just like a weird thing. And honestly, I hear the right-wing points of view about how it's kind of like kind of about government control. I'm like, they seem 100% correct too. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to wear a mask. Like, that's not helping the dictatorship for me to wear a mask. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, on the off chance that it is like a really real thing, I'll wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I just don't know what to do, man. And I have a... A friend who's uh, works with a lot of small businesses in town, and he's like, "You're seeing one side of it." Because I was like, um, just in very early March, I was like, "Hey, everyone, this is a lot worse than it seems." Because Naval Ravikant was tweeting about it, and I was like, listening to, I looked into, it, I'm like, "This seems pretty bad." Before anyone was really big, like I went and made a huge grocery shopping trip, yeah. um, and I was like, kind of just telling people, and then other people would comment on that. They're like, "Oh, it's not that bad. It's only killed this many people," and then. Uh, the middle of this month, I was like, it's crazy the crazy what six weeks of perspective can change like opinions because all their comments just looked like really didn't age well. Yeah. Um, but if like if anything, now I'm on the other side of the fence where I'm like, I think the, the lockdown was too intense. Or if we locked down, the government definitely should have been building up masks and and tracking or just or not tracking like like uh, t- test and track like yeah, if you contract had it, tracing. Yeah, yeah, tracing. Um, not not tracking us yeah. all. <laughs> the government do not do that. Um, but I'm like, they're not. They're just locking us down and then they're just kind of fiddling around doing nothing so yeah i'm lost man i don't i don't know which side to be on this is one of the things where i'm like i get right and left-wing points of view um i just really hope it ends soon man yeah i i mean agree i i agree 
I hope that it ends soon. Uh, I hope that you and your family and your network are unaffected by coronavirus. Yeah, you as well, man. You know, I mean, that's I everyone's hope. hope that. But I hope I go get it. I have a friend who doesn't live with anyone uh, like older or anything like that or anyone at risk. He's like, I, I dove into a lady's cough the other day because I'm like, I think a lot of people, like, I mean, if I get it, there's like such a, such a, such a low risk that I would even have symptoms, much less go to the hospital. So I'm like, it would be cool to have it and then just not have to worry yeah. about it. Honestly, like I wish there was a place that if you were young, instead of locking down, if you're under 35 or whatever age where it's like, you know, and, and no pre-existing conditions, not obese and stuff, no heart disease, you can go and get it and then quarantine in like a hotel room for 14 days and then rejoin the community. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there, there are different governmental responses that would have been more appropriate, mm -hmm. that would have been more effective than kind of shutting everything down and then spraying and praying, you yeah, know, that's but so funny. Uh, the other side of it is like, your body can be a bioweapon, right? That's one of those phrases that have come out. You know, you get infected and certainly it can be your choice to go be infected, but it's not your choice to go walk up to some stranger and accidentally infect them. Uh, you look at the Spanish flu, 675,000 people died of the 1918 Spanish flu. We're at something like 60,000 at today, April 29th, 2020. So if the mortality rate and the infection rate is Wait, how many died similar. of the Spanish flu? 675,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, I looked it up the other day. Nice. I was curious. I was like, you know, okay, so if that's, if that was 20, 100 years ago and that is the, the most likely scenario, where are we going? And the government is saying that, you know, it would be great if we could keep the deaths under 100,000. It would be great if we could keep the deaths under 200,000. But, you know, we have, a, we have a story from the past mm -hmm. that um, is indicative that a lot more people could pass away. Yeah, but Spanish flu got people like you and I, not just people 80 plus. True. This is really just culling 80, like old people, which is, I know, pro and con of it all. It's, it's honestly such a trip that this is happening. And especially the fact that no one alive today has ever seen anything like it. I'm like, you know what? If I was in control, like, like if I was president, not just in control, I would really just be forcing statewide, like states to close off their borders and then just have state like governments pick what they want to do almost because then would you feel trapped in your state like if you're in arkansas and they're like we'll just keep everything open yeah you can't leave i don't know i mean what what's the, the 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 choice that our country made was to allow freedom mm -hmm. it wasn't a mandatory lockdown like in new york they had a mandatory lockdown because people were dropping they needed it. you know left and right yeah, they fucking needed it but you've got you the the it's an advisory mm -hmm. stay home stay safe if it's an advisory you should wear a mask it's an mm -hmm. advisory you should have social distance because these are things you should do, you yeah. know, and, and if you want to make like the argument that it's all about individual responsibility, then be responsible. Mm -hmm. You know, there's 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 three. There's what? Four simple things. It's like don't go out except when you need to wear a mask, wash your hands and wear gloves and don't cough on anyone. Like, yeah. don't cough on me, bro. No. Come on. But like if you came here because this has happened all the way up until honest to God, like mid March until it got really serious. Guests would still want to shake my hand after the show. I'm like, I just had to be the asshole who was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But like if you came here today, I like put out a hand to shake your hand. It's just such a weird thing to turn people down. Like, no, I'm good. But it's like, I mean, at some point, people should not be shaking hands right now. Yeah. You know? And, and so um, over the weekend, I went and visited my sister out in Utah. Mm. So I flew out there, actually. I flew out to Utah. I was one of four people on a plane to San Jose. Wow. I was one of eight people on that flight to Salt Lake City. There's more people going to Salt Lake City yeah. than going to San Jose. Weird. I had Salt Lake City International Airport all to myself. Wow. You know? And, uh, Were the tickets cheaper? Oh, the t I, I, it was all on a credit. Oh, cool. I canceled a bunch of flights before Corona. Mm. So 
Yeah. It didn't. It was still a credit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember my sister like picking me up from the airport and like going to give me a big hug. And I, I cringed a little bit <sighs> in my body. I was like, you know, you hear these stories about people having this, the same collective dream of like being scared to get hugged. And I've not heard of that. What? <laughs> oh, uh, at, at, during coronavirus, a lot of people had nightmares about strangers wanting to hug them. Mm. You know, that's that's a danger mm -hmm. in this in these times. Right. And my sister wanted to give me a hug. And I remember just feeling unsettled. And I, and but then I hugged my sister, yeah. you know, obviously, it's your sister, you know, and and, um, you know, we and I said, you know, let's come, let's share our germs. Did you really? Yeah, that's, that's so our germs. Because, you know, Last thing I'd want to do is someone who just got off a plane, though, or a couple of planes at an airport. Exactly. Like, if anything, she's probably safer because she's probably just been at home. Mm -hmm. But you literally just traveled. I'd be like, yo, I'll hug you in about a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when I was traveling, I remember I got on the, the uh, Southwest flight, and the first three rows are all roped off. Mm. And then you've got all the way to the back that you can sit down at. And I had been running. I got all the way through PDX. I got from the uh, check-in all the way to gate C25, having to go through another security point within 10 minutes. Like, I got, I got to just have the whole PDX airport to myself. And I needed it because I got dropped off 15 minutes uh, before my flight from my Uber. So I was booking it. Yeah. And I remember I got on the plane. And I sat down, I'm just sweating, just sweaty. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm still short of breath. I take my inhaler. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a bronchial infection or crocodile, whatever. Oh, my God. And, uh, well, you had a bronchial infection during COVID. So if you got COVID, you would have been screwed probably. Yeah, yeah. That's well, brutal. No, I, and you flew? I, no, this, this was, I, I flew one month after I ended oh, my quarantine. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you for checking them. Yeah. yeah. No, not even because of that, because of like, if you got it, like if you already have pneumonia and then you also get COVID, I just imagine it's you'd just be double done. whammy. Yeah. yeah you'd be you're done. screwed. I just yeah. wouldn't go out of my house at that time. Like I would quarantine. Yeah. For other, if I had wait, is pneumonia, can you give people pneumonia? You can give people pneumonia. You can give people pneumonia. Okay. So then, yeah, I'd, I'd quarantine for other people too, but I'd also have quarantined for my own well-being. you yeah. know, yeah. I'd be like, I don't want to get it right now of all times. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, I cut off your story. Oh no, it's, it's all right. When I was, when I was quarantining, um, I, I currently live at a hazelnut orchard. Mm. And so I was just like back all by my lonesome for wow. like two weeks. What did you do? It was great. Play oh, video games? I, uh, I, try, I, I didn't have internet access. No I, way. Yeah. 20, wait, 14 or 21 days? I had my phone. You That's know, but brutal, I couldn't, man. I couldn't, like, There's only so many times you can new. check Twitter and Facebook and Reddit. And oh, I, I, my screen time went up to like 14 hours a day. 14? Yeah. What else are you going to do? You're just sitting That's there, you know? nuts. Yeah. I read a lot. Uh, I wow. cooked a lot. You know, but I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the airport. I'm sitting yeah. in the airplane. And this guy comes in he's he, like i thought i got uh to my flight late and like they waved me off and they said it's gonna be okay and i sit down and then this guy comes walking in like five minutes late i'm checking my watch like i thought the flight was supposed to leave i thought i was gonna be late this guy comes in with a mod pizza i'm like i've got my mask on i got my gloves on you yeah. know he comes in he's just like he's got his mod pizza he's breathing on everybody he says i'm sorry i'm late and he sits down like in the row right in front of me oh. and i'm like you just said that you got the whole plane the whole to yourself plane. did you get up and move no i i'm not gonna be rude yeah. You know, oh, really? You turn that rude? I'd get up and leave. Fuck yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Can have a slice of your pizza, bro? Yeah, and they said, well, I don't even think he ate his pizza, oh, to be funny. honest. Yeah. Mod pizza is good, but for everyone who doesn't live here or doesn't know, mod pizza is the tits. There's people out in the world that don't know what mod pizza is. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, isn't it just like a West Coast thing? Mod Pizza is a wood-fired pizza with any topping. Bah. Not it, for extra, though. That's not, the whole no cool thing. No extra price on Dude, any of your toppings. how bad is that? When you go to a pizza place and it's like, all right, it's $20 for large cheese, Every topping yeah. seventy five cents. I'm like, are you fucking kidding that. me? No, you I don't know? want that. Yeah, Mod, yeah. you can stack it two inches high for free. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Yeah, and it's a wood fire pizza. Shove it in the oven. You got a wood fire pizza seven minutes later with all the toppings you want. Mm-hmm. What's your pizza at Mod Pizza? Me? Yeah, I worked there for a month. You worked at Mod Pizza one month. It was, was so it like? chill. It was so chill. I liked it. I liked yeah. all the people. And then um, I had to go up to college because I started college, and uh-huh. it was the same point that my boss was going to have to lay, because so he just opened the store. He was about to lay people off, and I heard him um, mention, like, oh, I need to find, like, but he was going to move me up to the next position. I'm like, so you don't have to fire people. I'm moving away in, like, one month anyways. Can I just quit a month early? Yeah. And he's like, yes, thank you. So it worked out well that I didn't, like, have a shitty thing on my resume yeah. for only working with somewhere for a month. It just, the timing worked out perfectly. Out. Great people, great boss. Um, Did you learn anything? Yeah, I learned that uh, pizza is fucking incredible there and pretty bad at most places um i don't know i don't like okay so i also worked at chipotle i just worked like every time i get really bored in the winter i'll just work like a job for one month and i won't put it on my resume or anything mm-hmm. just because i'm like yeah you know it gets me out of the house and then i go get chipotle burritos every day i don't really eat burritos much anymore but i still eat pizzas really no yeah i imagine if i worked at voodoo donuts for a month i would never eat a donut yeah, again never eat a donut. never ever never ever because i i was even going there one day like because i mean i do shows literally a block away so mm-hmm. between shows or after shows i'm like oh i'll go get a donut and i asked the lady working the counter i'm like how many grams of sugar are in these donuts she's like you don't want to know i'm like no, you don't. wait you wouldn't want to tell it so i didn't end up getting a donut that day um but i'm pretty sure it's like 30 or 40 grams of sugar I'm oh like, yeah that's brutal yeah it's like two cans of coke that's crazy donut that's crazy yeah, I don't know. I guess Swiss rolls have the same amount. I'll eat a Swiss roll, mm-hmm. though. God damn. I never ate, like, food like that. Like, literally from, like, probably the middle of high school up until a year ago. Like, I didn't eat fast food. I wouldn't eat uh, Cheetos. I wouldn't mm-hmm. eat Swiss rolls. And now I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and I do it all. And I don't feel any worse. I feel... But here's the worst thing that happened. I actually feel guilty for even saying this. I'm so bad. I wanted to tell it to, like, a nutritionist who came on the show. Um, I ate 200 grams of sugar in a day and you say, oh, that seems like a lot. But to put perspective, a pound is 450 grams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ate a half pound of sugar, sugar. in a day. Through many different things or just straight up. You were just like taking no, spoonful yeah. of sugar and <laughs> make the medicine go down. Yeah, funnel actually, just like kind of water it down. No, um, 100 grams of it from one $1 bag of uh, Swedish or Sour Patch Kids. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I'll get that on a whim. And I just kind of ate it in the car on the way home. And then I got home, like how much sugar is in that? 100 grams. And then I still ate, the, you know, the Swiss rolls I got at the store. Yeah. And then I had, like, you know, some other things with carbs and sugars. I did the math. And I was at, like, 230 grams of sugar for the day. I'm yeah. Like, I had a half pound. But, I mean, that's so normal. Like, when you say, <sighs> when you say I had 230 pounds of sugar because I ate a bag of Swedish fish, I'm like, I think I might have done the same thing, like, yesterday. Brutal, you know? Right? But that's a lot. That's, that's like, what's your, your, your daily value of sugar is supposed to be something like 30 or 40 grams? Yeah. You know, you, you obliterate your, you, you do two times oh my by God. drinking a can of Coke. Yeah. I drink a can of Coke over the weekend, you yeah. know? So, I, I actually wonder, what do you have any food ethics, Tiger? None. I None. used to. If anything, I have 250 grams of sugar. I'll uh, I'll take an Advil so I don't get inflamed from yes. all that sugar. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty much all I did. And I felt fine. But I'm like, internally, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm just a fuck up at some point. No. No, but I have people on the show who like have food companies or a little like, you know, stuff like that. Um, and they're always like all about the ethics of eating healthy. And I'm like, I did that. I did that for years. And I'm a, I'm a kinesiology major. I've taken nutrition classes and stuff. But at some point, I'm just like... I don't know how much I even believe it or care about it. I'm yeah. like, just be happy and healthy. Like, 
everyone has such a radically different diet that I do think like even something as good as kombucha could be bad for some people, you know? Like uh, I know someone with a histamine intolerance where if they have green tea or stuff like that, it, it makes them worse and give them a headache and mm-hmm, stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. but everyone always touts that green tea as being good and healthy for you. So I'm like, if anything, I just want to simplify. I mean, they talk about that. They say that there's a genetic response to the food that you eat. You know, yeah. for instance, my genetic response, I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, you know, I cannot... Con- makes the hazelmilk yeah. make more sense. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be so ironic if right like a year ago you developed a hazelnut intolerance? Oh, it could happen. It could happen. That could dude. be. Uh, hazelnut be is like the fourth most common yeah, allergy that's possible. what I was saying. I'm like, it could happen, man. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Because I eat a lot of hazelnuts. It'd be ironic. It'd be Alanis Morissette so ironic. Oh my God. You just have to work with them all day. Yeah. Hey, what's the story with... Uh, what's that really good hazelnut chocolate? Nutella? Nutella. Didn't they like move to China and saw all the hazelnut farms here like did really bad for a couple years or something? Whoa, okay. Uh, the story of hazelnuts. The story yeah. of hazelnuts in Oregon. Um, let's see. Uh, hazelnuts are going to triple in capacity or Whoa. triple in supply, however you want to describe it, over the next five to ten years. There's going to be three times as many Oregon hazelnuts. Yeah. Um, and the Oregon hazelnut growers have only ever sold their product to China. Mm. Something like 40 to 50% of Oregon hazelnuts get sold directly to China for festivals. You know, Chinese people like to crack hazelnuts for festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the rest gets sold in varying places, including the U.S. In, I want to say, 2018, something like that, 2018, 2019, trade war. Trade war that the current administration started. During the trade war, uh, China uh, will block any importation of agricultural products up to and including hazelnuts. So all of a sudden... Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oregon hazelnut industry can't sell their hazelnuts because oh. they usually sell them to, to China. Yeah. Um, Oregon hazelnut industry is trying to find new places for people to buy hazelnuts in the United States. Mm-hmm. But it's all about taste. Like I would ask you, how often do you reach for a hazelnut to satisfy your craving? Not often. Not often. Ever? Yeah, I have. I totally. No. I in in my household there have been hazelnuts that like you crack and eat. You have hazelnuts in your I household. I have hazelnuts in my oh. house. Do you have almonds in your household? I hate. I personally yes. In trail mix, I fucking hate almonds. You I will. Fucking I hate will them. take almonds out of my trail mix. I have my trail mix at least a fifty to sixty-five percent M M&M and M ratio. Okay. I buy bags of M and Ms when I buy trail mix and put it in the trail mix That's and then mix funny. it up. Take out the almonds. I just like and I buy extra cashews. Cashews uh-huh. Uh-huh. are my favorite nut. And I'm sorry to say that to you. What about peanuts? Yeah, peanuts are cool. Peanuts? They're chill. They're, they're all right. They're classic. They're like... Peanut uh, butter? Peanut butter and jelly? Yeah, I don't like peanut butter, man. Oh, you're not... Not no, a peanut... Because here's the thing. So many people have adulterated smoothies by putting peanut butter in smoothies uh-huh. that I won't like those smoothies, like mm-hmm. peanut butter and chocolate smoothies. Disgusting. Don't yeah. keep them away from me. Not for you. Um, peanut butter curry. I actually make avocado curry, so okay. no peanuts in them. Okay. Why, wait, why? Why do you ask about well, all these different I nuts? I mean... Um, you asked about Nutella and you t- asked about Oregon hazelnuts yeah. and where they sell hazelnuts. And, you know, that's a bunch of economics and it's like, mm. you know, yeah. but uh, for, for me, it's like you could either pick a hazelnut or you could pick an almond or you could pick a peanut. You could pick a cashew. Ca- um, cashew. And for me, for me, the majority of the time and then hazelnut, cashew, hazelnut, oh. peanut, almond. No, almond's not even on that list. Get uh-huh. them off the list. You don't even hate oh. almonds. Do you like almonds? Do, would you actually eat an almond if They're I gave tasteless. you an almond right now? They're, they're tasteless. T- they're tasteless. They're tasteless. Yeah. And they take up, like, what they're the animal six, cracker of nuts. Yeah, and they take you know? six gallons of water for, like, for a single almond. Almonds should go away. 
And yeah. they, of all places, they grow them in California, yeah. where there's a drought, and they suck up all the water yeah. in the world, and they taste like sh- they, they're tasteless, and they're just like almost like eating like a bark mulch chip yeah. or something. I'm like, I don't like yeah. this. I don't want this. I don't want to go chew up my garden. No, and here's the thing: a good hazelnut is really good. A bad hazelnut could be. Pro- Ooh, pistachio tops that list. Right, pist- right great. behind cashew. They're the healthy nut. They're the healthy. But they're you, have healthy. you ever heard of George Washington Carver? Do you remember that guy? No, no. I mean, yes, but I don't really pay attention. To southern history. guy, southern doctor, and he says the peanut is the the savior of the world. The mm. peanut is how we're going to feed the masses. And he comes up with like 250 different ways you can serve the peanut, wow. including peanut butter, mm-hmm. not peanut curry, but um, peanuts really low environmental profile. We mm-hmm. did the study. We did the math. It turns out that hazelnuts take about as much environmental impact as peanuts. Oh, cool. And they can grow in the same range. So you should really have more hazelnuts. Me? You should. I do have we, more hazelnuts. We, we, Wait, I wonder if you could have peanuts and hazelnuts. Because hazelnuts are trees up, and then between them you could grow peanuts. Have you ever had, like, the almond coconut milk? What if we had a hazelnut peanut milk? That'd be pretty good. I just want cat. You know what? Because I've tried all those. I went to the store, and I got a hemp milk, an oat milk, a cashew milk. I got all of them. You just had a field day. I had a field day. Yeah. I like them all. I don't like almond milk. I like cashew, hemp, and uh, hazelnut milk, but... I don't like, uh, you know, oat milk surprised me, but then I read about it later. They're like, don't eat hemp milk. Really? It's the, I mean, no, you don't eat oat, uh, oat milk. Hemp milk's the best one. Forget. The nut milk wars are crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. The nut milk wars are nuts. You guys jiving for the center spot at uh, we We want to win. No, we don't want to win the nut milk wars because there's space in your fridge for all the nut milks. Are there, though? You know, I mean, not in your fridge. Yeah. You know, there's only space for, like, apparently five yeah. nut milks, and you're going to so chuck out four, four yeah. of them in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. Um, I really like your journey. We just did an hour pretty much. We did? Yeah, it's a blast. Um, do you fun. have any like shout outs like people to look up your business or Oh yeah. Uh, if you if you like what you heard and you believe in solidarity, originality, honesty, and respect, when you eat your food, you know, when you care about local food, uh, go visit www.sorefoods.com. H O S O H R S O H R foods.com. Um and all we, we do, we exist to create an organic community in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Nice. You know, I've learned that I'm not going to change the world, but yeah. I can't affect the community around me. So we're all about Cottage Grove. We're all about Is that Oregon. just a thing that everyone gets in their early 20s is wanting to change the world? Yeah. And then at what age did you, did you stop having that? Oh, I mean, that was, that was the humbling force of, of entrepreneurship. Of sleeping at rain. Yeah, yeah. When, when we got started, I remember the mission of SOAR was to, like, make the bioregional food system you know, more accessible. It's like, no, you can't do that, Joey. You don't have enough money to. That's so funny. Yeah. Cool. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed speaking with you. I look forward to catching up with you in the future. Thanks. Yeah. Take care, Tiger.